0: أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وصلاة ala على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله we're at uh, surah al today surah al-Qari'ah, surah number 101 and this is uh, again a mekki surah, 11 ayats very short surah but profound lessons inshallah so we'll reflect on some of the beautiful lessons of the surah just to give you um a helicopter view of where we are now okay so we're in a series of surahs these are primarily four surahs that are considered a cluster okay they are working together it started with surat al-Zilzal then surat al-Adiyat and then surah number three after that is al-Qari'ah and then al takathir these four are actually a group of surahs okay now what's interesting about these surahs is surat al-Zilzal talks about the Day of Judgment right if you remember, I come So it's zilzal. Talked about what, the day of judgment. zilatil Ardu zilzala, right? Day of judgment. Then what does surah al adiyat do? It zoomed in on the human being. Inna al-insana li-Rabbihilaknud, right? So, so overview of day of judgment. Then dunya, the camera comes to dunya and into your heart. Inna al-insana li Kanud. Similarly, al-qariya will zoom out. Al-qariya to mal-qariya, mal You know, on that day, what's going to happen? Then what will? Takathurju, Allah will come and zoom in on you in dunya. What are you doing in dunya? Takathur. Takathur has distracted you. So you see how there are actually pairs. Cameras shifting. Day of judgment. In dunya, your heart, you. Then day of judgment. Reminders. You know. So it's it's a creative way of Allah subhanahu wa taala reminding us collectively through day of judgment, the future and then present, future, present. Why does Allah do that? This is hope. There is hope in it that, listen, Day of Judgment is future. Your past, even if it's Kharab, if it's messed up, you can fix it now. Day of Judgment is coming, you can fix it. You know, so although they might sound harsh and tough, but in it there is rahma, hidden rahmah in And so, in the Day of Judgment, there is a sequence of events that happen. Okay, that these surahs are actually going to flow in a very nice sequence. The first... Event that will happen on the day of judgment, a lot of people don't know this because you know in the Quran these events are all over the place and they're mixed up, so we don't know what the sequence is, what's the order of the day of judgment. So, first thing that the ulama say will happen is the books will be handed to you, the books will be handed over, okay. And we've seen this in the previous surah right? The second thing that will happen is you will see what's inside the books, the deeds okay the deeds will come out amal salih or amal sayy what do you have sayats you hasanat know, what do you have in there that will be seen as deeds now deeds are external it's a very important point deeds are external right then there will be a second level of checking which surt al adiyat did surt al talked about showing of deeds right this is external deeds what was the surah after Surah Al Zilzal? Surah Al Adiyat, right? Surah Al Adiyat talked about what? Internal. What's going on inside the heart? Internally, there's a problem. So, what we're learning here is when the, the checking happens, it's not just external checking of deeds. What else is checked? Internally. Okay? What's the state? And Ulama said this, is, this has to do with akhlaq. It has to do with And one of the primary khuluqs That the Surah Al-Qari'ah talks about Is ikhlas Which we'll talk about later Inshallah Okay But So external deeds Is, is more about Fiqh related issues You know When you, we you talk about Fiqh rulings You're talking about what? Halal and haram, right? So if you pray five times a day You, you pray fatiha You have wudu, You do your standing ruku, sujood You're reading fatiha You're fulfilling the Laws and, and legalities of of Salah, then basically a deed will be written for you. This is fiqh, okay? Halal, haram. You don't you don't pray five raka'ah for Dhuhr. No, you prayed four. Everything was according to the fiqh rules, okay? This will be written for you, deed, amal. Okay. Now, next level of audit will be what inside. Did you pray this for the right reasons? Did you have good khalaq or no? Did you park your car outside wrong to fulfill this, this fard? Are you, are you parking in front of someone's house to block his garage, you know? Did you fight with someone before coming in? Are you praying to show off to someone these intentions and all these things? This is akhlaq, right or no? Now akhlaq is the second level of check. And the, the rule is that fiqh will give you the halal-haram part of it but the true measure of your deed will be the khuluq. And if your khuluq is messed up in that act even though you did it 100% according to fiqh rule, 100%. If the khuluq in it was negative, it will be of no benefit to you. You know? وَأَمَّا مَنْ Mawazin, مَوَازِينَ We'll see about it today. The one whose weight was, there was no weight. Why? Because he was focusing on halal haram, he was not focusing on the akhlaq. And this happens so much in the masjid nowadays, right? People have wrong akhlaq outside, but they come in thinking that they will be accepted. Also in, in haram, you see it in Umrah all the time. The, the good act you want to do is kiss the Hajar al Aswad. But what is the procedure to get to the Hajar al Aswad? Punching elbows, kicking, fighting, squaring, screaming, right? How much, stru- how much pain you cause others to fulfill your amal, your right? So, amal, yes, you kiss the hajar. You kiss the حجر. but how many people you annoyed to do your process? So, will that act be accepted? I and mean, we're kidding ourselves, we're joking, right? So, the, the most important is the khuluq. The most important the khalaq, not the halal and What is the ummah concerned about today? Halal haram fiqh. Do I do it this way? Do I do it that way? What did Imam Ahmed say about this? What did Imam Shafi'i say? What did Imam Ahmed bin Hammal? What did, you know? What did that Imam say? What, and we try to follow, we focus on external. Allah says internal. That is the checking. Then the third level of checking is Surat Al-Qari'ah basically Okay, So the, the deeds will be seen in Surat Al-Zilzal Then the internal analysis will be done in Or it's already done in Surat Al-Adiyat Now Qari'ah will be the weighing That's the third level So let's refresh First level was books You don't know what's inside Second level, we open the books Okay, you have A'mal and you have Akhlaq let's, let's see both Third level, Surat Al-Qari'ah Let's weigh them now You will know the weight of it. And then fourth level would be judgment. So these are the four levels of uh, you know, accounting. It's split into these four categories. So, A'udhu Billahim Nashaytan Rajim, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Allah subhanahu wa starts off by, uh, in a very strange way, Al Qari'ah, Mal Qari'ah. What is Al Qari'ah? And then, Wama adraka Mal Qari'ah. What clue do you know that what is Qari'ah? You have no idea what is Qari'ah. Okay. And this is this uh, style is used in al-haqqa also, al-haqqa, mal-haqqa, wama adraka mal-haqqa. Similarly, okay. And um, and interestingly, in Haqqa Allah subhanahu wa taala says, "Kadhbat bil so There's it's like it's a pair also. This surah and al haqqah is actually linked because both qara'ah is mentioned there. So what is qara'ah? Comes from the root word qara' which means, you know, when someone knocks on a door in Arabic, qara' al-bab, it means he knocks on the door. And this refers to knocking on the door when you are deep, you're in a deep sleep at night. Okay, so imagine the Arab now he's sleeping with his family deep at night. Do you have visitors coming at night usually? Is it is it normal or weird? It's strange and it's shocking. It creates a worry. Imagine it's like normal days, not Ramadan, normal days at 3 a.m. or 2 a.m. someone rings the bell. Ding dong, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. What's going to happen to you? You're going to be sleeping and be like, who's that? Right? Shock. You're shocked. You don't know who is that. You want to know. You're, and there's fear also. There's fear, you know? Who's coming at this time? And ringing so much, Qari'ah, mal qari'ah. So there's a sense of fear in it. There's a sense of shock and unexpectedness. Okay. These are the, all the things. And you know, there's a difference of opinion in, day, in the Day of Judgment whether there will be two trumpets or three, actually. Okay. Some ulama say there will be two, two horn blowings. Okay. One will be to, for everyone to die. The other will be for everyone to be raised. But another view, which is actually a stronger view, is that there will be three. The first one will be the announcement of the Day of Judgment coming. So that will be the terror fear, okay? When everything is you know, all these things, all of these events in Shiqaq, everything will happen, and the terrifying part of the Day of Judgment will be the first one. So there will be a, a A trumpet will be blown, everyone will still be alive, but they'll be shocked, they'll be seeing all this, they'll be scared. This is where, you know, the the lady will drop her child. This is you'll see people drunk, because they're still alive, right? Okay, so this is talking about the first scene. Second trumpet, everyone will die. Everyone will die, all human beings, everyone will be completely finished. And then the third one will be the raising. Okay. So al-qareh is talking about the raising, the raising, the third, the third horn, and you know another part mention of qareh is when two things slam against one another, like you know a car accident, two cars come to one, close to one another, they crash into one another, and there's a loud sound. That's what al-qareh is also. Okay, so similar to the knocking, you know your hand is knocking against the wood, it's making sound, but on a more violent and disturbing noise you know. So you're calm, you're relaxed And all of a sudden this noise disturbs you That's what Qara'ah is, it's supposed to disturb you And you know this word Qara'ah Arabs used to use it before Quran came You know, for knocking and all these things Allah is saying no, no, no Allah took that word And now defined Al-Qara'ah as what? Day of judgment So from now onwards al is known as the day of judgment Allah subhanahu wa took one of their own words And gave it gave it his own definition in the Qur'an. This Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses, even by the way, salah, the word salah in Arabic, was used before Qur'an. You know, it was used before Qur'an. Hajj was used before Qur'an. Hajj meant to just basically fulfill your rituals, you know, in any, any, uh, in any way, shape or form. But Allah came and took these words from the Arab, Arabs and he gave them their own definition. So now Hajj, everyone knows Hajj. Everyone knows what Salah means, you know? This is what Qara'a did also And Allah here is telling us You have no idea Okay, you know the Qara'a of knocking on the doors You know the the Qara'a of noise But this Qara'a is nothing compared to what you know You know? What is Al Qara'a? You have no idea what is Qara'a You cannot compare it to anything of you've heard in the dunya. It's completely different. Then Allah says, what will happen on that day? يَوْمَ يَكُونُ النَّاسُ On that day, the people, notice again, zoom out, huh? Al-insan, Nas. So it's zooming out now. They will be spread and shattered like al-farash. What is al-farash? In new Arabic language, they call al Farasha the butterfly. But in Old Arabic, it was known as the moths, moths and and bugs, okay, insects basically. And subhanAllah, why moths and insects? Because moths and insects, when they fly, if they're in a group and they fly, they fly in scattered directions. One's going here, one's going here, one's going here, you know? They're not all going together. What do birds do when they fly? They're all going in the same direction, right? Very disciplined. So, Allah didn't swear by the bird, He swore by moths. Why? They're going in different directions. Why are they going in different directions? Because you're not going to follow anybody on that day. You know, in dunya, you, you go in the direction of people you follow, right? Right or no? People you like, your friends, if it's your family, you go with them, you're concerned with them. And even in times of um, difficulties, you know, when there's a fire in the house, what happens? The whole family comes together. You, you find your kids, where are they? Come, come, come. And you get together. In times of tragedy and difficulty, you come together. On that day, the opposite will happen. You will be dispersed. You'll be running away from one another. So here, we're learning that why would people run away from another? Because you will not rely on anybody else. You will be on your own. And so, farashil الْمَبْثُوثِ You know? Completely different. And in the previous surah, Allah Subh- subhanahu wa ta'ala described this Word of dispersing with ashtatan Right? Ashtatan Completely different directions Ashtatan so Everyone's running into different directions And here also it means divided People, heart, their hearts will be divided In dunya, they were united in doing crimes They were united in, you know, causing fitna and corruption and fasad They were united But on that day, dispersed, everyone is alone you have nobody to lean onto. You cannot rely on anybody. No shafa'ah. You cannot lean on anybody and say, please help me out. Please, you know, come with me. I'm scared. No, everyone's running in their own direction. Then uh, after people, Allah talks about mountains. And the mountains will be like الْعِهْنِ ihn is basically cotton. And menfush means it will be fluffed up. The cotton will be fluffed up. The fiber, you know, cotton is made of fiber, right? That fiber will be, you know, worth nothing. It will be floating in the air. It will be nothing. Mountains will be nothing. And Ahl al also means there will be different colors also, colorful. There's multi also mentioned in this thing. So, and and... Al ehnil منفوش menfush also means to crash against one another. So here Wad al Jibbal right, we learn from different surah, the mountains actually might be crashing with one another and then turning into fluff and cotton. That could also that could also be the meaning here. And what Allah is hinting to, there's a hint now here. Mountains that of deeds that you felt were of a lot of weight, your deeds that of mountains will be what on that day? Nothing. Okay, why there will be nothing? We will learn later on. Allah is hinting here. There is a hint that there will be mountains that you felt there were mountains of deeds on that day will be worth nothing. Then Allah says, "Fāmmah man thakulat mawazino." Now he's talking about two groups of people. On the first part, it's a positive one. Fāmmah man thakulat mawazino. The one who has a heavy weighing on the scale. ثقلت from mithqal right In the previous surah remember what is a mithqal it has two sides right on one side you have apple on the other side you have the weighing scale to know where it stands right فأما من ثقلت those who have a heavy scale meaning heavy weight of good deeds okay deeds that are accepted okay فهو في عيشة this person he will be satisfied with his life he will be, Allah calls it, عيشة راضية Okay, and we'll talk about عيشة راضية But here Allah is saying they will be accepted Who is going to accept them? Allah is going to accept their deeds Allah will be satisfied This is called Ridwan, The highest thing you can achieve رضوان الله فهو في عيشة راضية And Allah is rāḍī with him And he is rāḍī with Allah رضي الله عنهم wa رضوا عنه. Right, we, we looked at this in the previous surahs Allah was pleased with them and they will be pleased with Allah on that day But let's talk about this idea of What will give our scale uh, some weight And you know one misconception that many people have They think that they will have good deeds on one side and bad deeds on another right? And whichever is stronger he will go to Jannah If bad deeds are stronger they will go to Nar. This is a wrong conception this is According to Quran, this is not correct. This is not accurate. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about the disbelievers in Surah Al-Kahf أولائك الذين كفروا بآيات, اللع, بآيات ربهم و لقائه And what happened to their deeds? فحبطت أعمالهم فلا نقيم لهم يوم القيامة وزنا Those who disbelieve in Allah and in the ayat, in the, in the Quran and the ayat and all the signs that were given to them. And in in the liqaa in the liqa of the day of judgment, if they disbelieve in this day of judgment, what will happen to their deeds? There will be no weight for these deeds. So what we're learning about the deeds of the of the disbelievers and the losers, there will be no weight on it. So you know the scale is not two sides scale You know what it'll be? You know the digital scale we use now in, in dunya? The digital scale If you don't put anything on it Is there any, any weight on it? Can you have negative on the digital? Can you have negative number on the digital scale? No, you can't You cannot have negative You can only have positive on the digital scale, right? When can you have positive? Once you step on it When you stand on it, it'll be positive, right? Or no? But can you have negative scale? You cannot. That is what the scale of the day of Judgment will be. So it's either you have weight or you have no weight. There is no negative. So this concept of good deeds, bad deeds, it's not, it's not correct. Because yeah. the, the, the bad people, they will have zero weight. They, we'll talk about them later. They will have no, no weight. So the the challenge and the objective for us is to have weight. It's not to have more good deeds than bad deeds. You, You guys understand? So we need to focus on deeds that will give us weight. Now here, we're going deeper into the subject now. Remember I told you earlier, there's people who focus on halal, haram, fiqh only, you know, arkan and making sure they fulfill the law if they have bad akhlaq what happens to their deeds it's gone so that's salah you may think it's like the mountain right how many salah you pray in a day how many, multiply that by how many years allah says watakunul jibalu al you see the link now the jibal is linked to the qabul here allah's talking about qabul acceptance We should not be concerned about how many times we pray and We should be concerned, our objective as believers should be Ya Allah, did you accept this or no? Because no matter how many deeds you do You can do as many umrahs as you want Hajj, Sadaqat, Zakat You know, helping people, cleaning the masjid If Allah does not accept it Is it worth anything on the Day of Judgment? No! It's worth nothing All your voluntary work Nothing, it's worth nothing. Your durus, worth nothing. Your qira'ah, if you are standing in salah to read behind, in front of people in salah with a nice beautiful voice and you want to seek fame, you want to seek shuhra, you want to seek that people will praise, mashaAllah. Such a beautiful bro- voice, mashaAllah, brother. If you want to hear that, it's worth nothing. Because this is uh, talking about ikhlas now, just talk about intentions. What is your intention? So intention, according to ulama is the most important khalaq a believer should have. The most important. Because if that is not there, your amal is not accepted. It's not accepted. And if it's not accepted, your deeds, your effort will be worth nothing on that day. So this is a very, very tough and difficult topic that, you know, unfortunately, we don't take very seriously. We say alhamdulillah I have ikhlas, alhamdulillah, you know You know what Imam Ghazali, what he said about ikhlas If you want to know, if you have ikhlas or no Ask yourself, how often do you ask Allah for ikhlas When was the last time you asked for ikhlas If it was one month ago, three months ago, six months ago Last Ramadan, then you have major, major, major problem Major problem, you're in danger, yani. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to revise our ikhlas. You know how often? How often? Once a week? Once a month? What do you think? Every rak'ah. Every rak'ah, Allah wants you to revise ikhlas. Now you ask me how? In surah al-Fatiha, Iyyaka this, you're saying, Ya Allah, I om, I'm doing this only for your sake. You're saying it. So Allah wants... And why Allah made us recite Surah Al-Fatiha in every salah? Why no salah is accepted without Fatiha? So literally every rak'ah, when we say, Ya Allah, ikhlas. Wa that's something else then. Okay. We need your help. But we are reminding ourselves Iyaka, only you, ya Allah. Nobody else. I'm not seeking fame. I'm not seeking thank you. Even I don't want anyone to come and say JazakAllah Khair, MashaAllah. Not seeking that. You know, feeding the poor, helping the poor, not for seeking some dua from them. Remember, I told you. Nowadays, we help people and say JazakAllah Khair. Just make dua for me, brother. Remember me in your duas. This is seeking dua. You're not seeking Allah. Iyyaka means only seeking Allah. And you know Allah describes Ikhlas in the Quran with a very nice example. He talks about the leban. You know the leban that we drink? The, the milk that comes out of the, either the camel or the goat, right? This leban, Allah calls it khalisan. Lebanan khalisan. Why? Because it comes from between two things, okay? min what min bayni shinu Demin wa daman wa farth min wa daman two things daman wa farth is coming out now what is farth and dam farth is literally the urine and the disgusting things the, of the animal very dirty stuff, you know, filthy stuff that you will not drink. Anyone here, yani, Azza Allah, will drink that stuff? No. What about blood? Anyone here would like to drink blood? Allah is saying, you have to think, do tafakkur about this animal and this leban that you're drinking every day for, for, for iftar, right, after the, the Tamar. Allah saying, look at the leban and think about the leban, where it came from. It came from such a place where there is filth and there is red color blood but I made this leban come out to show you, to teach you what is the meaning of ikhlas in that glass of leban is meaning of ikhlas we have to remember ikhlas when we drink that leban who, who made it come out so pure when you drink leban is it sometimes you, you, you go to like Jiyan or Ramaz you buy leban and sometimes there is little blood in it have you ever seen that some defected leban, expired leban with some leban and some blood or some urine. Always pure. And Allah made the leban come out pure. That system is there. This is ajaz. This is mu'ajaza, yeah. miracle. How it's coming out pure from among all that Allah's teaching us. This is how I want you to be with me. And you know, ikhlas. You know how sometimes. Um, you know, percentage, right? You have, you can, if you have ninety-nine percent ikhlas and one percent shady stuff, questionable stuff, you don't have ikhlas. This is how dangerous and serious this matter is. If one percent, point zero 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 one, uh, I want to seek thank you. I want more likes on my video. I want more shares. I want more comments. It's gone. You won't see it on the day of judgment, on the scale. It will not add to your weight. It will be nothing, worth nothing. This is serious stuff, guys. I mean, Ikhlas is. And you know, Shaitan, what he said? That uh, he swore by Allah. أجمعين. I will make all of them go astray. They will all be distracted, Ya Allah. Except who? المخلصين. المخلصين. Only those slaves of yours that are ikhlas. So if you don't have ikhlas, shaitan got you. You're from riwayah. Riwaya means you're lost. You're not on track, not on sirat. Shaitan got you, he pushed you off track. And here, you know, interesting difference between mukhlis in Quran and mukhlas. Sometimes you, if you read the Quran, you'll see both mukhlisin and mukhlaseen. Okay, in the translation, is there any difference? No difference, sincere, 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 sincere. Major difference, in one harakah, one kesra and one fatha major difference. Mukhlis is the person who strives to get ikhlas, okay? That is the beginning of ikhlas. You know what is the end of ikhlas? When Allah makes you mukhlas, that is special ikhlas that Allah will give you after you prove that you are mukhlas. So the beginning is your journey for ikhlas should be mukhlas, 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 mukhlas ya Allah, please help me, ya Allah, istighfar, tawbah, ya Allah, you know? And then when Allah sees you're sincere, He will make you from al mukhlasin. He calls Musa mukhlas, alayhi salam. min ibadina al-mukhlasin. Yusuf alayhi salam, you know when his, the, the wife of the uh, the minister was attacking him, right? To abuse him. Allah Lawla an kana min ibadina al If it wasn't for his ikhlas, he would have fell into the trap. What saved him? Ikhlas. If he had a little bit of problems, he would be in danger. So this uh, this concept of sincerity is. Extremely, extremely important, guys, and you know, we know the story of the, the sweeper of the Masjid al-Nabawi. The sweeper of Masjid al-Nabawi. You know, there was a lady, her responsibility was to clean the Masjid. And Rasulullah used to see her every day. We don't even know her name. The, you know, in, in the books of Hadith, there, her name is not mentioned. No, she's like nobody. In the eyes of who? In the eyes of people, she's nobody. But this lady, when one day, the Rasul didn't see her. So he asked the Sahaba, Where is she? They told him that she passed away last night and we buried her. Rasul got very upset and he started crying. He said, Why you didn't tell me? Why you didn't tell me that she passed away? I wanted to go and pray janazah for her. Why didn't, why didn't the Sahaba tell the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? Because they thought she was what? Nobody, right? They thought she was nobody But Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam started crying He said, show me her qabr He goes to her qabr and he makes dua for her. And he tells the Sahaba then If you only know this lady's position in paradise You will all compete to be in that position You have no idea Why? Because she had ikhlas she was doing, uh, maybe we don't see these small tasks. You know, that every day the guy who comes picks up the water here. He comes sometimes behind the camera and we get upset, right? If this man, Allahu Alam, we don't know. Allah knows what's in the heart. But if he has ikhlas, he could be sitting with the prophets and the Sahaba and Abu Bakr and the Mujahideen and all the siddiqin. Yes or no? If he has ikhlas. But we don't, we don't see these small things as big things, right? Because for us, we're focused on quantity. We're focused on quantity. How many raqah you prayed? 8 or 20? You know? How much Qur'an khatma you did? 1 or 2 or 3? How many umrahs you did in your life? How many hads you did? How much money you gave? You gave only one dinar? Astaghfirullah, brother. Give 20 dinar, give 50 dinar. Give 100, give a 1000. We focus on quantity. What does Allah score us on? What is the score on? The quality. So you can have one person who's giving 100 filths in sadaqah, but with 100% ikhlas. Other person is giving 10,000 dinar to build a masjid in Africa. 10,000 dinar. But ikhlas is... 95%. 5% he wants people to praise him. He wants someone to write in the, you know, Instagram or Twitter or Facebook that MashaAllah, Flan gave money. He wants his name to be written so people can say, MashaAllah. That 100 filths is heavier, or actually it is heavy on the weight of the Day of Judgment. That 10,000 dinar is worth how much? Worth nothing. We can't even say it's less heavier than this It's worth nothing So what, do you think this is something that people take seriously or lightly This concept of ikhlas What do you think? It's taken very lightly Very, very, very lightly yeah. We have to be reviewing ikhlas so often Every salah Every talk That's given Every you know, voluntary work you give And you know what's a sign that you don't have ikhlas? When you're working in some voluntary work and you get into an argument and you say, I'm going. I don't want to work in this. That is a sign you don't have ikhlas. Any person who has dropped out of khair work or voluntary work because of argument or disagreement, no ikhlas. This doesn't mean you go and tell him tomorrow, brother, you don't have ikhlas. I, I have proof now. No, don't, keep it for yourself But this is a sign Because who was he working for, this person or is that sister Why, Who was she working for? Not for Allah They were working for some other, there was another agenda If it was for Allah, would you ever say no, khalas, I don't want Would it ever happen? No way, it's for Allah You punch me, you slap me, you swear at me, you kick me out, I will continue working Because for Allah, not for anybody else. Only for Allah. And you know, my teacher used to tell me, if you want to have ikhlas, whenever you do something, imagine nobody's there. Imagine nobody's there and you're still doing it. You know? Don't seek appreciation from anybody. And my teacher also used to tell me that always, and this is advice for you guys, always when you, you should, you know, inshallah when you get married, you know, if you have close relationship with your wife, alhamdulillah, very close relationship with my wife. She knows everything about me, okay? What's in my bank account and everything. So sometimes when you get so close with somebody, they're like your best friend. You share everything. So even sometimes your, your uh, secret good deeds, you share with them. Out of motivation. You know what my teacher said? Okay, it's good to share, to motivate. But he said, keep some deeds top secret you should have some deeds that nobody knows, not your mother not your brother, not your wife, not your kids nobody except Allah we should all have these secret, top top secret deeds and you know we, we learn from the hadith of the three men who got stuck in the cave, right, the big rock came and they, it blocked their cave how did they come out it's because of that secret deeds, right, that saved them so every one of us needs to ask, do I have a secret deed? If not, we should start working on one. This should be m- one of your du'as in the last ten nights of Ramadan. Ya Allah, this charity, give it completely secret. Completely secret. No one knows. You know, in Aisha, when she used to give charity, you know how she would give? She would take the money, she, ra- she puts it in a nice piece of cloth and she would put perfume on it and then she would wrap it up and gives it. Why? Who is this money given for? For Allah's sake. And so she's giving sadaqah with ihsan. Nowadays we give sadaqah, we throw the dinar like this, you know. Or in front of the person, we do one, two, three, four, five. Here. Or you're taking out twenty dinar, you want to show it here, here, brother, everybody look. You know? Even in uh taraweeh, reminder for myself and all of you. Tarawih and Qiyam is a time when people cry, right? But sometimes intention can be kharab even in crying. Sometimes you cry, you're crying, but you get the the tissue out. You start blowing your nose, you start doing this so people see. And you start, you know, crying out loud. So it was a very sincere moment. But what did you do with it? You messed it up. You want to show people that, You want to show people I was crying, I have khushu, mashallah, I'm muttaqi. I have ikhlas. And just by these small actions... You destroyed it. And some people they cry out loud, Yani, just to show, yeah, I had to show I was connected to the Quran. Yeah. But if you you know, cause we know that one of the people on the shade, under the shade of the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of judgment, you know, there'll be seven people who will have the special shade of Allah on the day of judgment. One of them is someone who cried for Allah's sake from his khashya, from his fear. And from fear of upsetting him, alone. Nobody was there. That means you have ikhlas. So it's easy to cry when there is 5,000 musallim. Very easy to cry. It happens, you know. The guy next to you is crying, you start crying. Very easy. But try to to cry alone in your sajda, while you're reading Quran, while you're praying salah, at home, alone. Nobody's watching you. If you can reach that level, then Mabruk. Mabruk. You have the shade of Allah. But reaching that level, I'm not saying it's easy. Wallahi, it's not easy. Because shaitan is going to come. Shaitan comes to you in good deeds and messes it up. Now, another thing about um, importance of ikhlas Bigger sense now. We were talking about ikhlas in ibadah, right? Ikhlas is not only in ibadah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to be mukhlis and mukhlas your entire life. Your entire life should be only for Allah's sake. Not only ibadah. Why are you going to work? You're going to work to earn money, to buy things for your kids? You don't have ikhlas. That effort will be of... No wait on the day of judgment. How to fix it? Ya Allah, I want to go earn halal income so I can earn risk, so I can spend on my family, so I can please you, Ya Allah. If you don't review this intention, you don't revise it, it will be of no use. If that you don't connect the dots, there's no link to Allah, yeah you're earning you're you're working for 10 years, 15, 20 years of your life, 30 years, you're making money. It will be like the Jabal, you know, why are you going to um, study, how many of our kids are going to school, college, Sharia degree, going to study, you know, Medina, Mecca, studying Ilm, even if it's studying engineering or finance, why are you studying? You're spending four years of your life, why are you studying? People don't ask. They don't ask this question, why? What's the purpose? They don't ask. Let's go, I'm studying. I want to get the degree, I want to buy a car, I want to get a job, I want to get married. Where is Allah? Ah, Allah? I forgot. Or Allah, yeah, of course Allah was there. Yani. Of course I'm doing for Allah. That is, that is not a khlas. If Allah is in the back of your mind, yeah, yeah Allah, of course, Yani then it's not ikhlas. It has to come in the front of your mind. Ya Allah, you have to talk to Allah and say, Ya Allah, I'm going to work today for your sake. Ya Allah, I'm going to study for you, Ya Allah, only for you. Please accept this deed. Ask for two things. Ya Allah, I'm doing this for you. Give me ikhlas in this. And Ya Allah, accept this. In every single thing we do, Allahi brothers, everything. Why we, why we go to the gym to work out? If you're going to the gym just to you know get nice biceps, so you can go on the beach, six pack, you know. And uh, so you can you know show off your friends, you have body, you have muscles, you can wear tight clothes. That effort is of no weight on the day of judgment. Yes, you will be healthy, yes, you know. But if you don't have the niyyah with Allah, that ikhlas, that Ya Allah, I'm going to the gym to be healthy, so I can be a healthy You know, slave of of yours So I can be more productive So I can represent a healthy mu'min A healthy believer So people know that Islam is also about taking care of your health If you don't have this consciously decided And you consciously make that effort Ya Allah, give me ikhlas in the gym How many people ask for ikhlas in the gym? You know, big question, right? All of those hours and hours of workout and sweat No weight on the Day of Judgment. So actually see, ikhlas is rahmah from Allah. It's a big blessing. You know why? Because if we understood ikhlas and we applied it in our life, we could get amazing weight on the Day of Judgment just by doing normal things. Not by salah and sadaqah, just by normal things. If I have ikhlas with with Allah to take my daughter, to buy her ice cream, to make her happy. But my intention is, Ya Allah, I want to be close to her. As my, I want to be a close father to her. I want her to love me as a father. I want her to see that, you know, mutadayyan fathers, fathers who have deen, they're also fun. They can also eat ice cream. It's not haram to eat ice cream. You know? So if I have that niya, that ice cream, that time I spend with my daughter, I will, it's wait for me. That gym will be wait for you. That studies, you know, 12 years of school, 4 years of college, wait on the Day of Judgment. Spending time with your parents, wait if you have ikhlas. <coughs> all the work, that you, all the years of work, you know, you spend 10 years of your life working, right? Approximately 10 years of your life earning money. If there's ikhlas, that's wait. Everything is weight even sleep how many, uh, how many years of our life we'll be sleeping I told you the other day how many years 27 years of your life you will be sleeping only 27 years now if you have right niya and right ikhlas and you read adhkar and naum before sleeping ya Allah I might die please send my ruh back to me if you're radi or not if you read those adhkar 27 years of ibadah in your sleep you have Imagine that. How many people reciting Athkaran now? So Allah is saying, the one who lives this life of Ikhlas, فهو في عيشة راضية Because not only Akhira will be good for him, عيشة راضية. In life, we will give him contentment, rida. And they say, you know, this rida is, you cannot buy it with money. So many people, celebrities—they have money, they have cars, they have wealth and fame and beauty and girls and house and everything—but they don't have rida. Allah is saying, "This person who lives with ikhlas, he will be content. He will be satisfied. Why? Because everything he's doing for Allah." Inna salati wa nusuki wa wa mamati lillahi rabbil la which means what? This is purely for you, Allah. My life, everything I do, even my death. Everything for you, Allah. This is what abd means. This is abdullah. This is what iyyaka na'bud means. Because a master has slave, right? We said slave is full-time job or part-time job. Are you only slave in the masjid or also slave outside? So if you... Our full time job, that means every single thing you do for the master should be for the master, right or no? Correct or no? Because the master owns you. Al Malik, Al Sayyid, Al Murabi, He's taking care of you, He's giving you gifts. Al munam Al Qayyim, He's sustaining your life. So you give everything to that master. Ya Allah, I enslave my entire life to you. Every breath that I take is for you, Ya Allah. Everything I do. Even going to the shopping mall. You know, you read the adhkar. You have intention. Ya Allah, I didn't go. Today people go to the shopping mall to do what? What's the intention? Very difficult, right? Eye candy, they call it, you know. Eye candy. To please the eyes. Window shopping. Right? So, I mean, this is <laughs> And how many hours they spend in the city center? Two, three hours. That, that time, waste. Worth nothing. So what else do we do in our life? We wake up, we drive. If you have right intention, ikhlas in, your, in the drive, driveway, you will be rewarded for traveling. You say the dua, yeah. sakhara lana You connect with Allah. Now you see the beauty of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Why he taught us du'as for every single act in the day? All of your activities, there is adhkar for them, right or no? Why? He wants us to remember ikhlas, 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 ikhlas. For you, Allah, Allah, Allah. Only for you. You wake up from sleep? Alhamdulillah, Thank you, Allah, for waking us up. Before going to the bathroom? A'udhu billahi min al al khabad. Coming out? Ghufranak. Going down the stairs? Subhanallah Up the stairs Up the lift Allahu Akbar Before entering the Masjid Leaving the Masjid You know Going to the mall Going to the suk. Driving Before eating After eating Saying goodbye to someone At the airport Greeting someone Someone visiting sick person Going to janazah Every single You, you guys notice this? Every single activity, there is dhikr for it. Why? Why? Why Allah, the Prophet ﷺ taught us this? What he's teaching us, this is the abd. The true abd, he reminds himself of Allah and ikhlas, and this is only for Allah. Always connected. Connection is always there. It's never weak. And you know, عيشة you know, in Urdu they say ashkaro, right? ash. Luxury. Allah is saying, I will make your life luxury. Maybe you don't have big cars and big house, but your heart, this will be Jannah. If you live with ikhlas in your life. Because you're only doing it for Allah's sake. Everything is for Allah's sake. Nothing will hurt you. Nobody can hurt you. If people have ikhlas, will they cheat at work? Will people steal? No. Will people... Attend work late. Will people go to work late if they have ikhlas? No? You can't have ikhlas and go to work late. It cannot happen, Yani. <laughs> it's not connected. Then Allah says, Wa amma man khafat Ask for the one who mawazino. And Allah stopped the ayah here, huh? He didn't say, Wa amma man khafat It's not one it's not these these are two separate ayat. So here, Allah is saying, "Wa amma man Let me explain this very important point. The ayat previously, fa amma man thakalat mawazino," two ayat." Now as for amma, "Wa amma man Allah stopped the ayah here, which means what? Stop and think now. Just try to imagine that your scale on that day is worth nothing. This is uh, the way Allah speaks in the Quran. Stop and think. Think deeply. If your scale is worth nothing, what will happen? What will your position be? فَأُمُّهُ هَوِيَةً فَأُمُّهُ hawiya. Here, this is an Arabic terminology that the Arabs used to use when someone was going through difficulty in life. They would say, هَوَتْ أُمُّهُ هَوَتْ that he's going through such a difficult time. Um, um means mother. Okay? Hawat Ummu means that Hawiya means when you fall deeply into something very deep. You're falling down deeply with force. Okay? And here, Hawiya, according to the tafasir, means Jahannam. And here, when you're falling, right? The question is how deep? How deep is this canyon? Think of it like a canyon, right? Hellfire far like a canyon. It's unknown. It's unknown how deep this is. And, you know, Hawiya also means that you're not falling, you know law of gravity? What is it, 9.82 seconds or something? Right? Forgot physics. It's it's not gravity. Hawiya means you're being forcefully pushed down. You know how like when a hawk flies down to catch its prey? It's going with full speed. That's how you're going to go inside. Fa'ummahu Hawiya. Who is this person? The one who has no weight on that day. Allah here, here, he did not mention kafir, munafiq. He didn't mention. Nas, right? He kept it general. So we as Muslims, if we're reading this, we should, we should be scared. Because fa-ummuhu hawiyah. And Allah here is saying that hell, hellfire, will be his mother. Yani. And the, you know, the, it's, it's a beautiful description. Because why ummuhu? Because a child runs to his mother, right? When he's afraid. This person is running to the hellfire like it's his mother. And when a child runs to the mother, what the mother does? It hugs him. Right? Or no? It hugs him tightly. tight. doesn't let him go. Doesn't want to separate from him. This is what hellfire will do with this person. It's going to hug him tightly. Doesn't want to let him go. And you know, ummuhu also, why? Because the pregnant woman, when she's pregnant, where is the baby? Where's the baby? Inside the womb, right? He's stuck inside. He's stuck. Can the, can the baby come out during pregnancy? No, he's stuck inside. Uh, so here Allah is you know, teaching us that this, this believer or this person is going to go in the hellfire and he's going to be stuck like he's in a womb. Never to come out. No escape. That's what it is. Trapped, completely trapped. Now Allah says, What clue do you have what this is? This is a fire that is blazingly hot. Very, very hot. Hamiyah, intensely hot. And in the hadith we learn the Prophet he taught us that the fire of dunya, you know, when you go to the desert or your you have a lighter, hopefully you don't have a lighter, right? You're not a smoker or something. But when you have matches or something, you touch the fire, that heat, that is only one out of seventy levels of the heat of Jahannam. So we are only testing one, one, degree of that. There is sixty-nine more degrees of the hellfire there. So Allah is saying, you have no clue what it is. hamia. This is the end of this person. So we need to really, Wallahi, the surah if we ponder upon it and realize that the scale and you know, you see, this this is a big problem because people don't know this they think there is good deeds, bad deeds, weight there is no weight for bad deeds it's only good deed and the quality of of good deeds the quality of your salah the quality of your akhlaq you know, akhlaq is a terrible problem nowadays people don't have akhlaq going to work, there is no akhlaq on the road Coming in the masjid, there's no akhlaq. In the masjid, there's no akhlaq. People are fighting. You know, flan's taking, pushing here, pushing here. So, you know, at workplace, there's no akhlaq. In the malls. Did I tell you about the video of the women fighting in the mall before Fatur? Or before suhoor whatever. Yeah. So, if akhlaq is not there, deeds will be worth nothing. If ikhlas is not there, deeds is worth nothing. If Allah does not accept, there is no kabul. our deeds are worth nothing. So, yeah, and we ask Allah to grant us this ikhlas and to make us of the mukhlaseen and, you know, to make us of those who all our deeds are, inshallah, accepted. And we are consciously reminding ourselves, Ya Allah, for you, Ya Allah, for you. This is for you, ya Allah. This sadaqah, it's only for you. This salah, only for you. This dars only for you. This voluntary act, for you Ya Allah, this post on Facebook for you Ya Allah, this email for you, I'm going to work for you, I'm studying for you, I'm giving this gift to someone for you. So Jazakumullahu khayran, subhanahu wa bihamdik, nashadun la ilaha illa ant, nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayku, alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.